Hey, yo, say hello to the back Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The no-no-sexo. The world is listening. turning into a road dog promo. Okay, I'm going to stop it there. Welcome to the whole indie show. With me, myself and Ashley, as ever hosting, and hopefully Randy should be with us. Uh, okay, Randy seems to have... Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, he's there. Uh, yeah, I know I might seem a bit in and out, but that's usually my mind state due to 
one or more other drugs, allegedly. But either way, we are the tag team champions of the SNS radio network. Want to add to that little real dog thing, and I'm feeling pretty good. And I think we need to talk about some indeed. Yeah, that's well, a couple of interesting stories that have seemed to have uh, raised up as well. Um, one of which is non-indie, but I think it's pretty ironic given what's happened this past week. The SmackDown tapings from this past Tuesday, which aired on Friday, according to Ricardo's tweet, apparently they had a power cut for some of the fans, which is interesting because then there's also other reports saying that a la the Dolphins, the sprinkler system went off in the arena in Bossier City in Louisiana. And that many people, many WWE people had their personal stuff soaked in quite a bit of water. It was ba- it basically, they were like the UK this week and getting infl- nearly getting flooded. And of course, what was it caused by? Light heat for pre-taped segments. So there you go, WWE. One reason why you shouldn't have pre-taped segments in a show is because you'll set the place or set the sprinklers off, should I say. <laughs> this whole... It's like a football... A football... I was about to say a football ring. A football stadium. What do a football stadium and a wrestling locker room have in common? They're both filled with water, apparently, or sprinklers, looking like a Buffalo Wild, Buffalo Wild Wings commercial there. <laughs> but yeah. this isn't the first time that WWE's had this, too. Remember when, I forgot where they were at, but the fireworks were on fire, too? Rule 1001. There we go. That was the exact one. And all that week after Rule 1000, the pyro went off in tests. And set all their light their set on fire. Or part of it anyway. Just imagine they did a live SmackDown. Mm. Oh, it would have been great. It would have been more hectic than than the fir- than the fir- ten minutes before Nitro back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the whole old joke was that they book it like right before shit. The Nitro girls are being used as towels. Or one of, those water, one of those water hoovers just suck up the water. <laughs> Am I tempted to make a joke right now? No, I'll, I'll be nah. class about it. <laughs> um, also worth noting that Vince, Miz, Eve, Layla, and our troop were in Bahrain this weekend doing a visit to the troops, serving over there on Dispatch to the Middle East. So, uh, Props to WWE for that, but yeah, our main story from me is that word it, apparently Jim Cornette is now on a sabbatical from Ring of Honor. Oh yes, Officially. Cornette might have gone batshit crazy this time if he wasn't already crazy to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it seems that we knew he was already taking a step away. Uh, leading to Delirious becoming really head booker. 
and which I'm is just, you, just which one, is weird when you think about it because yeah. Delirious has been Booker since 2010. Yeah, going into Glory by Honor that year, and up until really recently with uh, this year's Glory by Honor, did he really have control? And from what I've been seeing, because I've just watched the most recent shows they put up on the website. I'm liking this direction. It's something to look forward to for 2013 for what's been a mildly dis- a bit of a disappointing year for Ring of Honor, even though there's been uh, some highs in there, especially with kind of Kevin Steen in general. But Even if Delirious may sound crazy speaking in German. <laughs> but we'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, I guess Cornette wants time away from wrestling. Or they're forcing him out one the two. <laughs> Although I don't think he's doing himself any favors now, so we might not. Well, we'll probably see him back again, but I don't know. Maybe it's probably best for Ring of Honor to get rid of him at all. Although I'd imagine he does well in production, but then everybody's giving them shit about production. And that'd be funny if their production all of a sudden got amazingly better once they cut off all ties with Cornette. Yeah, I guess, but. Yeah, I'm kind of sad him, but then it also makes sense for him to probably just take a step away because he's been involved in wrestling for way too long. Long, long. He, deser- he deserves a step away. Kind of yeah. like Vince deserves a step away, but he doesn't want to let go, apparently. Much like, I think a good football equivalent to this would be Jerry Jones. I know, and our producer's probably yeah. laughing at that too because that's a pretty fair equivalent of people who are holding on to something and not letting go even though they've shown to be behind the times. Although, in their cases, they own whatever that is, either the Cowboys or the WWE, so it's kind of hard to get rid of the owner until they die or you force them out. Yeah. <laughs> now we have um, an interesting development with the news, I think it was last week or the week before, that we reported that Ken Shamrock... Yeah, Sandro told us about it last week. Cause we oh, to, oh, yes, at um, Windy City Classic. Yeah, Ken Shamrock at AAW's Windy City Classic was supposed to be appearing. But uh, apparently he no-showed with no explanation, but it was known he didn't get on his flight. And the information AAW put out was that he cancelled his plane ticket and didn't form his agent or the staff and refunds were being offered which is worth noting that there's been very few takers but uh, I, I, I have that story down but thanks to Sandro's email on with all the details that we can cover in the news it seems to be a two-sided <laughs> story Ken Chamrock has made some pretty interesting comments on Twitter. I need to see those comments, which you're probably about to say right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm completely in the dark here. I wasn't booked to do anything before you start slinging mud anywhere. I'm guessing mud anywhere. I'm putting in, I'm adding that in. You might need to have the right info from his agent. He had neck surgery on Wednesday, November the 14th. So he made sure he wasn't booked for anything for the rest of November. Sorry if anyone was misled. If anybody wants to be upset, you should be mad at the people who false advertised. 
Oof. Ooh. <coughs> yeah. If that is the case, it's either the fault of the agent for not communicating that to the promotion, or it's the fault of promotion for just advertising it to try and get tickets out. Which they don't necessarily need, although Ken Shamrock is still probably an attraction. Well, they were hoping he was an attraction, especially because they weren't running out the Berwyn Eagles Club. I think they were running at Bourbon Street for yeah. the show. And um, I tend to believe more that it's uh, more on AEW side, not necessarily to say that, because Shamrock more than likely did get that neck surgery. It's just... To uh-huh. me, somebody failed to report something, and it really didn't turn out good. It didn't turn out too bad, though, because nobody really took the refund. Although, unless you don't like Sabu, that's what you got as a replacement, because it was Sabu and Shane Hollister wrestling Callahan in a three-way to replace that. Yeah, so, yeah, here was the card and result for the Windy City Classic. Started off with Lamar Titan and Tweak Phoenix beating the North Stash Express. Oh, yes, Darren Corbin and Marion Fontaine. Um, following the match, Kevin Harvey came out and hit Darren Corbin with a fireball. Kamehameha and all that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> also known as Banned by MTV. Also known as Undertaker. Why won't the lighter work? <laughs> Paperclip. Uh, which... In your house, pay per view was that or King of the Ring? Um, would have been. I think it was ninety six. I uh, was it. Um, God damn it! What's the name of it? not Mind Games? Um, Revenge of the Taker. I think. Or no, Revenge of the Taker would come later. Oh no, that's something odd to figure out another time. <laughs> anyway, look back. It's a pretty funny moment. <laughs> uh, we also uh, next up was. Uh, Danny Daniels beating Isaias Velasquez. Yeah, Isaias Velasquez. I think that's how you say Isaias more. Yeah. Oh, and then next is up Mischief defeating Truth Martini. Kind of figured that would happen. Yeah. <clears throat> and interesting developments in the next match. Uh, Eric Cannon and Jimmy Jacobs defending their titles against the Irish Airborne. The Chris Brothers, Jake and Dave, and... New tag team champions with the Irish Airborne. Yeah. That smells kind of funny for some reason that they just happened to... And although I know they had been feuding with Irish Airborne, but that's... I don't want to try to necessarily stoke the fire, but that's a bit coincidental they lost the titles after what happened. Although I highly doubt that's why, but... That's it funny. It could be that. that. Uh, the show before of her doing masturbation references. Yeah. And then they get the title dropped off. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, next up, Fatal 4-Way match with ACH, BJ Whitmer, Kylo Riley, and Silas Young. And Silas actually got the win. He usually does get the win. He was champ, I think, there for... I forgot what, they, what uh, he was saying on, I think, uh, up to three years, or at least, at least oh, sorry, about, about two good years, two, three years as champ. Mm. Pretty much. Then we had uh, Dan Lawrence beating Jay Miller. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that, how Miller got squashed and somebody didn't really like that. Not familiar. I think I've probably seen one or two of them before, but some AEW I'm not as familiar as. But I probably will soon enough, although we'll get into that for another yeah. time. Uh, 
with the uh, co-main event, the triple threat, Shane Hollister and Sabu and Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan did come out on top. I'm just wondering how many Sabu botches were there. Yeah. There's one Man. match I want to see just to see how many mistakes there were. It will be interesting. Kyle Hannah said Boo had wars back in Evolve and Dragon Gate USA. Fact with Sammy Callahan closing out the arena after beating up on Sabu. Yeah. Back at Evolve 10, I believe. Yeah. Evolve 10. And main event in a rematch of every other match that you've seen this year that is five stars. Oh, wait, there's only one. Uh, Michael Elgin defended successfully against Davy Richards the AAW heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, a rematch from many of their. They've had like I've seen three or four of their matches because they had Showdown in the Sun. It was um, Battle of Los Angeles. There was one that's on ROH TV or one of the newer ones. That's that one's actually pretty good. I. <clears throat> Actually, all of them are pretty good. What am I saying? When you get Richards <laughs> and Elgin, you're getting, even though you'll get the quadded kick knees to the head sequence, <laughs> it's just something not to live with. But other, but other than that, you'll get a great match. From, oh, they got five stars, and another match just got five stars recently. Did you hear that? Oh no, what was that? Tanahashi uh, and Minoru Hiroshi Tanahashi and Minoru Suzuki from King of Pro Wrestling. On oh, not the New Japan show. The New Japan, yeah, the New Japan show. Oh, that one, okay. Yeah, that one, exactly, yeah, the main event. God damn it, I've got a reason to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it would, I'll have to watch it again. I'm not a huge fan of Tanahashi, I like him, but kind of like Okada more, of course, you've heard me give the name Sinahashi before, even though... <laughs> I don't think I need to explain the Sinahashi joke. It is what it is there. Mm. And But one last thing on the Windy City Classic, a funny Twitter response from uh, from Akuma saying that uh, Ken Shamrock is getting roughly 387% more heat tonight than he did during his WWF run. <laughs> and then another one where Drew Gulak asked him, remember when he tried to save Stephanie, but he couldn't do it only for gentlemen's club member Steve Austin, BSR, of course, Stone Cold. I don't know how he became a gentleman's club member, but oh well, Stone Cold, to do it. And then hashtag memories. Akuma replies back, it's too bad he's not as protective as, of his reputation as he was his baby sister, Ryan. <laughs> Akuma for the win there. Yes, indeed. <laughs> for somebody who sounds so boring most of the time, that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, we've also got the AIW card results. Several matches oh, yeah, changed hell on last Earth. minute, apparently. A uh, worth noting as well for the A A for the AAW match, Colt Cabana no showed as well. Oh yeah, there was. But I think they. I remember reading on an article that they uh, Colt Cabana explained earlier that he wasn't going to make it. He was too beaten up by Mike Quackenbush. Possibly. Did Quackenbush beat him up in that match? I still need... Oh, well, we'll wait when that DVD comes out. Oh, I know Cabana won, but well, anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, now to the AIW Hell on Earth show. Started off with a showcase of Beyond Wrestling with Yaka defeating 
Biff Busick by submission. I've seen Biff Busick before watching the cerebral, the pre-show matches. And uh, Yaka, will, uh, you'll remember, and anybody who watched the uh, Bananaversary will remember Yaka. Is the guy. Uh, he had a match with Akuma. Won the match, too. Made him tap out. Mm-hmm. And I believe Yaka won in this one as well. Then we had the submission squad defeating Jock Sampson and Marion Fontaine. Submission, uh, which submission squad is it? Is it Evernethian? And- Doesn't uh, say. Probably All I'll call it is the battle of the people that like to no-show Shikara and wrestling Sanchez. Oh, man. They would have been good, too, although people would have shitted on them from three years ago, but nonetheless. But, uh, and I saw that match, and that match was fucking horrible, but I've seen their stuff now, and yeah, just forget that, that match happened. No, they're actually pretty decent, just that match fucking sucked. <laughs> Yeah, but they're better than absolute suck. True. That's the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> and we had Josh Alexander defeating Danny Vega and Louis Linden in a triple threat match, actually winning with a spinning tombstone. That's incredible. It's not just incredible, though. It's not just the coolest. Just, uh, As in, we're not waiting tables. <laughs> Uh, then again, people got to get jobs. I can't really hate on that. Kind of funny, but eerie. Mm, how, how he did explain on some interview, I gave him props for. I was like, tempted to say Aldo Montoya, but I thought no. <laughs> that would have been better. <laughs> I still joke on him for working at All in Garden, but oh well. Oh, then uh, Ethan Page defeated Colin Delaney. Oh yes, his did his valet come into his Silesia Sparks? I'm not sure. Probably, she might, she might have. Very sexy, too. Ethan Page is uh, the Rewind guy from Chikara, or the original person who used the remote, and also had a match uh, earlier this year for the Young Lions Cup. Looked pretty good in it, too. Too bad he lost, because, of course, Mr. Touchdown has it now. Interesting developments here. Uh, Gregory Iron. Oh, yeah. Hope it changed. He wanted a world title match. And he got one. He got one. Except it was uh, a world tag team title match. And his tag partner was Veda Scott. Yeah. So they were up against the... Normal uh, tag partner. Yeah, he was up against the Bateri with Veronica, ironically. Oh, yeah, I know the Chikara group that's kind of gone around there. I know, like, the Bateri had been... Uh, Veronica's done some stuff with them, apparently, well... Bateri <laughs> like cheerleaders. Apparently... Other, they also like as evil as you think. Well, they still also like fetus jerky too. So, and di- and pretty much tried to rape Sarah Del Rey in the ring, <laughs> or implied that was. But we'll try to forget that ever happened. But Vader Scott and I and actually won, and they're the new tag champions. Open change are your new tag champs, which is funny because they're heels, which is <laughs> even funnier considering Gregory Iron has cerebral palsy. Which, I don't know, it's kind of weird seeing somebody that's handicapped or that you know for sure has a disability that's used for, uh, to see them as a heel. I don't know, like when Zach Gowan, I don't know, just can't really buy them as a heel for some reason. Although you could, but it's like, how are you going to hate on the one-legged man? Or how are you going to hate on the person with cerebral palsy? (laughs) 
or like what mm. Resistance Pro did. How are you going to hate on the founder's retarded bro- or mentally retarded brother? I should say. Yeah. <laughs> Out of respect for that. Although I've heard what I normally say retard, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Having some respect for people today, I don't know why. He just said it, people. Not that I should. Send, send your hate to Randy McWilliams. I'm trying to change for the holidays. Actually, not, but it sounds cool if I say that. Uh, next up, we have uh, Alison Kay successfully defend her AIW women's title against Casey Warfield. Then Matt Cross and Josh Prohibition defeating the Irish Airborne. Euthanasia and on the f- uh, Irish Airborne. They had and a good match at Straight Outta Compton. One but- match that's being very praised here. Johnny Gargano defeating Elgin by submission. So the Ooh. match apparently so good it's worth get you trying to get the DVD of it. Yeah, I've heard that that Hell on Earth card was like the last few matches were really good. The last three are like worth the purchase. Yeah. Gargano yeah. Elgin, that's an interesting that's a match you won't necessarily see nowadays in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, the penultimate match was Team AIW, which was Tim Donst, BJ Whitmer, Eddie Kingston, and Chris Dickinson. Yes, Donst and Kingston on the same team. Considering this is a look how well that worked the week before. <laughs> true, true. Taking on uh, Team Nixon, which was Ricky Shane Page, Eric Ryan, Bobby Beverly, and Necro Butcher. And Team Nixon won, but apparently this was damn crazy. All the way through, they had the fans clear out all the chairs before the match. Yeah, it was. Uh, went all over the building. Apparently, Eric Ryan was gushing blood like a fountain everywhere. I saw a picture that he and was. That everyone bleeding. ended up bleeding. This, yeah, I read about this match. This match looks pretty crazy. And going back to the show I mentioned before, which the only reason I mentioned that show a lot when in AI did because that's the only one I've seen as I've seen matches from <laughs> this match. This match alone had more blood the entire last CZW show. <laughs> so those of you who hate which is slightly CZW ironic because there's too much violence and blood. This one match is made up for that apparently. Yeah, the AIW went went all out on this, and this. I wonder if it's going to be like the three way ladder from Tremendous Three, which was just a crazy atmosphere, <laughs> just all around. And I kind of like matches like that, where it's like you kind of not necessarily involve the whole crowd, but you know, like you need to be on your toes because shit's going to yeah. fly around. And then if that wasn't enough, the main event was a thirty minute Iron Man match with ACH and AR Fox. Which they also had at Straight Out of Compton, which was really good too. And AR Fox won by three falls to two. ACH winning back at the previous that show, uh, SOC and AR Fox winning here. So they're one to one. A third thirty minute Iron Man match. Uh, unlikely, considering on the next show coming December twenty first. Oh yeah. The main I event is AR Fox versus Davey Richards. Yet again, I think this is going to be a new catchphrase now. That's a match you don't necessarily see a lot nowadays. Is that the new... Which, I'll pretty much to explain the joke before nobody gets it, we had to paperclip it all the time, is that it's an ROH wrestler versus a wrestler who's primarily, or who's known in DGSA Evolve, meaning they can't wrestle in those two companies, three companies. Mm. 
cross-promote. So that's why I kind of say that, because only certain promotions, a.k.a. the ones who don't have iPay-per-view, can really put on the match. Although Chikara kind of got away with it at Chikara Source Rex. But it's... Uh, Oh no! It's just sometimes it's just yeah they work in different companies so you don't necessarily see them work all the time which is why I say that and uh, in an actual literal sense and sarcastic sense kind of being oh yeah that's fine. So with that long explanation, we got Davy Richards AR Fox, which I'm looking forward to see, and I love the title of their show because it just so happens to fall on December 21st, 2012, which is gives the name of the show the end of the world. So if it isn't the end of the world, then that's a bit stupid. True, but might as well commemorate the name for it. Yeah. I would have done that too. Like, I still want to have an end of the world party on that Friday. One, because I don't think the end of the world's going to happen, and I like being a sarcastic motherfucker like that. And two, because I love that movie, The Rules of Attraction, and they had a party just like that. Or at you least be listening. You, you, uh, after you get hammered, you better be listening to the open book. Oh yeah, that is true. We are gonna. Well, technically, because I because of the time difference, I'm already gonna be in the twenty second. So for everybody in America, if they hear me on the show, the apocalypse yeah. won't have happened. That's what I'm wondering too. So people in Japan are pretty fucked right now. If shit does happen. <laughs> Hey, they've already been fucked. How many attacks from Godzilla have they had? Tons. Yeah. Well, they get Too attacked many. by everything, and I'll leave that joke in. <laughs> <laughs> the PWG stuff, I'll leave, because actually they have a show this Saturday. Oh. Oh, yeah, their last show. But only year. one match has been announced for it, so we'll cover that in the picks and everything. Uh, but there is a few bits of uh, Japan Luch news uh, from AAA... Apparently, at a TV taping a few weeks back, Samurai Del Sol became Octagon Jr. Oh, I did see a picture of this. Although there seems to be confusion regarding the gimmick outside of Mexico. Apparently, Conan was on the recent MLW podcast saying that Samurai can use the gimmick if he and the promoter want to. However... Del Souls posted a recent video on his YouTube channel saying the gimmick will only be in Mexico. It's probably better that way because he's there. Already and then final final Souls. card for the last super show. Uh, Gre- War of the Titans, Guerra de Titans. Oh, Guerra de Titanes. I think oh, okay. Guerra de Titanes, yeah. We don't have Sandra on here now, so it might not be the best. He knows Spanglish better than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's happening this Sunday, but won't be on pay-per-view. It'll be on TV in a few weeks, which probably means it'll be on YouTube in a few weeks, thanks to their exactly. official YouTube thing. <laughs> it will be on YouTube, for sure. So we've got a eight-person tag match with Cuervo, Fabio Pache, Mascarita Dorada, and Pimpinella taking on Halloween, Mario Apache, Unico, no, sorry, Yuriko, and Mini oh, Charlie Manson. Mini Charlie Manson's back, yay! <laughs> it's Char- I don't think Charlie Manson's even working there. Cause I know then, eight-way ladder match for the Cruiserweight title. Juventus Guerrero defending against Phoenix, Daga, Teddy Hart, Psychosis, Jack Evans, Joe Leader, and a question mark. On the poster, it claims it's a TNA wrestler. 
That smells like a clusterfuck. It, well, no, it smells like somebody that hasn't been on TNA in the past month. Zima Probably. Ryan. Magnus? Zima Ryan. Oh! That would be better, because he has worked in AAA before. Bill. Actually, that's where I first saw him at in AAA, when he was Shima Zion, as part of Legion Extranjera, so that would make a lot of sense. Then we've got Leparka Octagon, and a mystery partner, which is most likely Octagon Jr., taking on Silver King and two mystery partners, most likely other members of the Conseja. It's saying, yeah, Octagon, uh, looking on the wiki page, not yeah. that that's the most truthful thing ever, when, when you say an Octagon Jr., so... Uh, then Cy- uh, Psycho Circus, Monster Clown, Murder Clown, Psycho Clown will be taking on the Inferno Rockers, Devil Rocker, Machine Rocker, and Soul Rocker. So it's Clowns first- versus Rockers. Where's Shawn Michaels in that? It's Rockers, come on. <laughs> this is the first time I've heard of Los Inferno Rockers. Uh, the AAA World Heavyweight title with El Messias defending against Texano Jr. Should be interesting. El Messias. Um, um, yeah. Well, not that I'd followed it so much, but I'd say El Messias either way. Let's go Judas Messias or Ricky Banderas or whatever. And then a six-way match in the Dome of Death, and the last man in the Dome loses the hair or the mask. So we've got Cibernetico versus Pero Aguero Jr. versus Vampiro versus Chessman versus L.A. Park versus Dr. Wagner Jr. Um, this is an interesting one. Too bad I really have a bit following up with AAA as a Somehow I think Vampiro. You think it'll be Vampiro? I know he's lost his hair before. Chessman has before. Simonetico's lost his mask. I'm imagining El Hijo de Porro Goyo lost his, or Porro Goyo Jr. lost his hair before. Wagner Jr. I know is not going to lose his mask, and I highly doubt Ellie Park is. So I, uh, I'd i put my bet on somebody losing their hair, too. I'm going to say, uh, you know what, I'll say Cybernetico. Even though I like Cybernetico. New Ju- actually, some New Japan news. They will be having their final iPay-Per-View for the year this Sunday as well. I'm oh, in Japan and Mexico going at it. <laughs> They'll have their finals of the World Tag League Tournament. So far, only three matches confirmed. Which are the semifinals and finals for the Tag League. Who are in the... Probably have to look at that right now. Who are in I'm the? Sure. Look that up. I see you it's, continue to roll down the card. All I know, as ever, it's going to be twenty-five dollars to watch it on UStream. And Nico, good old Nico. It's like the Japan version of UStream, except when I when I looked at it, it was completely nonsensical. <laughs> I can imagine. The show why. apparently be at four p.m. Japan time, which as ever. It's 2 in the morning, Eastern. Oh, I'm looking at this list. Holy shit. This list, it pretty much... You know how they say, like, almost anybody can win? Literally, almost anybody can win out this field or go on to the finals because Block A has, with the exception of Captain New Japan and Hiroshi Tanahashi, which... Essentially, this would be like, in WWE terms, John Cena teaming up with Santino Morella. <laughs> Are the only team with zero group. points. Everybody else has six points. Mishima and Suzuki, Makabe and Ino. Mochi- oh, Misaki Mochizuki is there. And Nagata, Okada and Yoshihashi, Ishii and Nakamura, Carl Anderson and Hiroki Goto all have six, as well as um, Tenkoji. Masato Tanaka and Yujiro Takahashi, who's a badass now because he runs shit. 
MVP and Shelton Benjamin and the Killer Elite Squad of um, I don't even should already know who they are. Dave Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer. What about Group What about Group B? Um, that was Group B right there. Hershey, okay. Tenson, and Koji. Yeah, Ten, uh, Ten Koji, the Chaos. Is are they Chaos? Yeah, Takashi is Chaos. Or Tanaka Takashi, MVP, and Benjamin, and KES are your four teams in Block B that have six. Everybody else except Tanashi and Captain New Japan have six points on Block A. So literally anybody can win in Block A. Um, Block B's obviously got quite a few. Yeah. Because it's only semifinals and finals, so it's only the top two, so it's probably two of those three. Yeah. I mean, how far are the other people behind the sixes? Um, just by one, if it's by two points, then just by one or two, yeah, because it's, oh shit, I was looking at 2012, uh, the Muscle Orchestra, which is Manabu Nakanishi and Strongman have four, Takashi Izuka and Toriyano representing Chaos have four, and Diamante Azul and Rush out of CMLL have four. So that's closer. Yeah, literally, yeah, it's, it could go either way. So that that's even more open. Although I do have a bold prediction, a Japanese man will win this match. But ironic if MVP and Shelton won it, or or the Killer <laughs> Squad. <laughs> Somebody as, as that's classified by Fox News as a minority will win, <laughs> <laughs> or something. They never think minorities win. On Fox News. Oh, wait, time to get away from the political spectrum. <laughs> Piss some people off. Oh well. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that will do. As I say, we'll cover the PWG later on when we do some Shikara picks. But when we come back, Randy has managed to catch last week's Shine Five pay per view. So. We'll see you in a few minutes after these commercials. You're listening to The Whole Indie Show on the SNS Radio Network. public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend, Jenna Jameson? No, he probably tried to fuck her and it was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway and he just said, what the fuck? Where have you been? Slap! <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back when he said, you know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon. I mean, how can you, in all honesty... Be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it. <laughs> you know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else. 
while you walk to the mailbox to get the mail, she's fucking somebody else. When you come inside and turn on the TV and have a cup of tea, she's fucking somebody else. Then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy. She comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else. <laughs> then she comes home. You tell the bitch that you want dinner. She makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed. And you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea. She's getting tea bagged. <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network, and I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. What's up, guys and gals? Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing... Video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at SNSRadioNetwork.com. Come check us out. Welcome back to the second part of the whole indie show with myself, Ashley, and Randy. I'm doing that again, myself, Ashley. Mm. 
anyway, but we're here and Randy, it's time for you to give your thoughts and review the card for we went through the card last week, but no doubt it'll be more of an in-depth review from you with regards to the Shine 5 card from last week. Yes. So, uh, start sh- with, uh, starting off with Heidi Lovelace versus Sassy Steffi. Alright, Heidi Lovelace and Sassy Steffi. Uh, interesting theme we had with these matches. A lot of the women here were wearing some cheetah leopard print, like jungle cat print, I'll just call it there to be generic and encompassing for what they wore and are we channeling superfly or something maybe possibly (laughs) i don't know tamina snooker gets a push now at least it's not out the window (laughs) (laughs) and that joke was probably the most fucked up one i'll do today anyway on to the match at hand heidi lovelace you remember her from the very stiff ovw three-way back at shine too not really very stiff but they hit pretty hard there uh either way she made her return Although it would be in defeat, uh, Sassy Steffi would get the win with the Kiss My Sass, which is, um, uh, what's the move everybody will know it as? Um, Golden Rule or um, Zack Attack. Inverted Overdrive, pretty much. Yeah. Then we had Nia be taking on Marty Bell. Oh, this is an interesting thing I found down. Nia, who's from my neck of the woods, or at least my area, from Las Cruces, New Mexico, which anybody who's from El Paso, DJ, looking, talking about you there, they know Las Cruces is just about, yeah, like an hour away. They about 45 minutes an hour away. Yeah, it's in the area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she had an interesting entrance here, do, slingshotting into the splits. So it's kind of Melina and up a notch. (laughs) Kind of like, yeah, it looked like she was doing a slingshot move. That's why I say slingshot. So you have an idea, just went in like that and then landed splits wise. Or not necessarily landed splits wise, but kind of came down and then did the splits. But either way, very impressive entrance, uh, very impressive wrestling too against Marty Bell, who uh, some of you may have seen very recently in DGUSA and Evolve as well, starting to make a name for herself too. Interesting note about her, um, a former model turned wrestler, something you don't really see, especially in the indie level, especially how women's wrestling is treated as such. But she's done pretty well for herself, and she's hot too, so so is Nia, and pretty much all the women on there, but... Apart from that, either way, this was a good match, and I forgot how Nia won, or what her finisher was exactly. I think it so, was the Tequila Sunrise, uh, from the write-up I have. Alright, I would have to watch it again, I forgot exactly the movie. TKO. Oh yeah, there you go, she did use the TKO. Tequila. I'm not just saying that because you did it, it just popped back into my head. But yeah, the Tequila Sunrise TKO she had for a finisher gets her the win here. I gotta say, she's pretty good, It's and it's cool that she's from this area, more people representing, although it's that fucked up state, New Mexico, but it's another thing. New Mexicans, if you have hate yep. mail, send it to Randy McWilliams. Oh, fuck New Mexico, anybody from El Paso will tell you that, and people think it's boring as shit here, you go to, <laughs> you go to New Mexico, not much better, but I'll digress from all the dissing there. We'll send you to Baja, California. (laughs) (laughs) If I really wanted to go to Mexico, I can just drive down the street. (laughs) Not literally, (laughs) but it's kind of, well, somewhat down the street, but yeah. 
Next up, we've uh, got Sue Young taking on Sojo Bolt. This is an interesting match. Here's Sue Young really starting to. Sue Young really making a name for herself here. Interesting fact that Lenny Leonard pointed out here on commentary uh, was the fact that every time she. Uh, she falls up a loss with a win. And this time being the fifth show, uh, uh, well, not that the mathematics really matter. Either way, she gets the win here with her inverted eat defeat finisher. Excuse me. Which is, which didn't come off so well. I don't know if it was, seems like it was more Sojo wasn't, pre- uh, wasn't prepared to take it or whatever. But nonetheless, this is a decent match here. And interesting with Sue Young, because like, she's probably done more singles-wise than tag team, even though I believe they're one-in-one one as a team. But then again, she's two as one single, so either or. If it's an inverted eat defeat, does that technically make it a sad ending? Maybe, uh, a, sad, <laughs> a sad beginning. Yeah, that's a proper reversal. Damn it. Or like... Or, to kind of do a long-winded joke here, Kiyoshi used to do that move and call it Cobain's, so I'd imagine the inverted oh. version. Oh! I'm not going to diss on Cobain, Cobain like that. I love it. Never mind. We'll move on to the next match. That was a kind of paperclip, but I made it too obvious. Uh, <laughs> we always do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki said John taking on Santana Garrett. Oh, yeah, Nikki St. John coming out of Resistance Pro. And uh, my friend Cedric brought up something funny, too, how he said her last name sounded like a porn name, which it kind of does a little bit. Although she kind of, never mind, go away from that. All you had to know, I think I already described what I thought of the looks of most of the people wrestling here, so... And this is probably one of my favorites here, looks-wise. And she's a good wrestler, too, so... Sorry to be a little misogynistic for a second. But nonetheless... Or was that misogyny? Either way, uh, Santana Garrett gets the win here with a... I keep saying Santana Garrett. Santana gets the win here with a smooth <laughs> handspring uh, handspring moonsault. Handspring standing moonsault. If it, didn't, if it didn't sound misogynistic by you saying did it sound misogynistic kind of reflected the... And that was the whole point of it. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Made in Sin, Alison Kay and Taylor Maid taking on Kimberly and Liver Bates. And what the, what the hell was she wearing this time? Oh, this was an interesting one. This time she was Sting 1 and Kimberly... Although not at first. Oh, yeah, I remember. Thing one and thing two. Yes. And I got to say, and uh, my friend Jason Namco from the Alternate Universe show, really, and he was telling me how he's really liking the Made It Sin as a tag team. I got to say so, too. Really good. I'd say one of the best female tag teams now, if not the best female tag team in the world. And as bold of a claim that is, they're really pretty good at what they Don't. do. Don't piss off Kazarian and <laughs> Christopher Daniels. God damn it. Uh, no, I should not piss them off with their apple teenies. Yeah. But nonetheless, um, Madison, they have an interesting thing where they have the pinkies up because, you know, pinkies up is being classy. Even though if you've seen what they dress, they're far from that. Or at least dress-wise. Not necessarily them, but how they dress. 
tends to lead the opposite. misogynistic themselves? Damn it. <laughs> In a way, kind of, or just very, or just being he, uh, I can't think of the term I was about to say now. Though. What is, it sounded smart when I was thinking of it, although it probably wouldn't be what exactly I was meaning. Nonetheless, being ironic, I'll just say. Yeah, they were being ironic that, oh, we're classy, but look at how we're dressed. Very provocative, uh, provocative at that also. But nonetheless, they get the victory here with the seven deadlies, which is a wheelbarrow, uh, wheelbarrow ace crusher combination onto bleed Kimberly got or it was Leva they got pinned. I forgot who. Yeah, pinned with the seven deadlies. Yeah, or dead seven deadlies. Whatever. Yeah. And it's worth noting as well that afterwards Kimberly attacked Leva after the Baron refused to release a Texas cloverleaf that she locked on her. Yeah, using the Texas Cloverleaf on her and Kimberly finally snapping after failing, still failing to receive a victory here in Shine, having been in all five of them and having lost in all five of them. <laughs> Although it's kind of weird because even though Kimberly kind of debuted as a heel, she was really starting to get, she was really starting to get kind of that losing streak kind of face push in a way. Like, oh, when you get when we see her win, it's going to be a joyous moment, but. Alas, that did not last too long. <laughs> and she Is beat that, the shit out of Leva Bates afterwards. Does that mean Leva next time is going to be in honor of Texas Cloverleaf going to be dressed up as a Texas tornado or something? Um, that would be pretty sick. Although I think Malenko might be the better reference in terms of the Texas Cloverleaf. And I would think... Oh no, I've got it. This is boring. <laughs> have, they, have they got another show in December or is that it? Uh, actually, no. They are off for the holidays for December. They will be back in January. With- I was going to say, the perfect cosplay for her if there was a Christmas show. John McClane. Oh, Die Hard, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty sick. Oh, another fact to uh, April Hunter... Uh, was not there at the show. Actually, she was banned from ringside. Big Red, as she's affectionately known as. Which I got to say, I like this tag team yet again, mentioning that. And pretty much got its job done. Made its hand still undefeated as a team in Shine. And um, Kimberly snapping. Mm. And we got pretty... I imagine Leva Bates and Kimberly for Shine 6. In fact, I'm pretty damn sure that might be on the card already. If not presumed to be on the card like I'm doing right now. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got... Ivelisse Velez, is it? It's Ivelisse. Uh, Ivelisse Velez. A.K.A. I think we might need to bring up who Ivelisse Velez is, even though that name might sound quite This is a This is a proper paper clip. Yes. <laughs> One that the fans might actually know <laughs> for once. And that being that Ivelisse Velez is Sofia Cortez, who was just recently on NXT, but even more was just recently on Tough Enough. Please don't tell me she's the one that said her best match was... No, no, that's... um, um She's still there. Um, that's Cameron. Yes, there we go. Somebody caught on my psychiatrist. <laughs> well, no, it should be somebody. Somebody called my bribe. Um, but yeah, go ahead. And um, um, 
Oh yeah, Ivelisse taking on Athena here. Athena making her debut for Shine, of course, making a name for herself in Shimmer and ACW, among other promotions. And Ivelisse now has black hair, too. Or, uh, I don't know, brown hair. I always say black hair because it looks black to me, and that's how my hair looks, and they say my hair is brown. Actually, it is brown, but it looks black to me. Anyway, uh, she has darker hair <laughs> to cut another long-winded transition. And Athena gets the win here with the O-Face. And if you haven't seen the O-Face, then you need to check out that move. Finisher of the year, maybe? For a minute then, when you were just talking about your hair color and everything, I thought I walked into a Woody Allen movie. (laughs) Jeez. So my wife is my adopted daughter, too? (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, I'm sorry. I know some of the jokes I've said were fucked up, but he kind of deserves No, he deserves that one for doing exactly what I pretty much described he did. Yeah, Although that won't stop me from watching his movies, which I don't really watch, but probably will one of these days. I would say let's break the fourth wall, but we do it every show. Yeah. <laughs> we would break the fourth wall by not breaking the fourth wall. That's... <laughs> <laughs> and then... Penultimate match we had Nikki Rocks taking on Jessica Havoc. Yes, this match. A bit of a disappointment to say the least. Considering, I don't know if it was necessarily booked to be Jessica Havoc, Grabby Sky, even though I have a feeling it was. But nonetheless, it was. Or it might not have been. I probably need to do my research on that if I am wrong. Either way, Havoc and Rocks had. A pretty hard-hitting match that ended in a double countout. Hmm, where have I seen a finish similar to this before? Near the main event. Hmm, I don't know, Shine 2, maybe? Oh, no, was it? Uh, I thought you were going to say TNA. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, could have used them too, but... Rather... RVD, brilliant. Oh, <laughs> but I thought it would have been better to use an internal joke. Also funnier because it would have pretty much highlighted they just did the same fucking shit. <laughs> Which is not really that maddening to me, but... I don't know, you kind of did that already? Feels a bit... I don't know. We'll wait for Shine 6 on that. Fans weren't necessarily too happy either, but... Their sadness or anger, whatever you want to describe their uh, displeasure, would be greatly wiped away due to our main event and... Ashley yeah, they didn't. They really, because they knew what was on the card. It was like, okay, oh, it was a double count out. Yeah, we'll accept it, even though we're not happy with it. Let's get to the main event because it was Mercedes Martinez and Rain teaming up to take on Amazing Kong and Jazz, also known as Rhythm and Bruce. I like that name, Rhythm and Bruise. Honky Tonk and Greg Valentine would be so proud. <laughs> and in the case of why the hell didn't we come up with that? Yeah. Um, this was a very, very interesting match to say the least due to many things happening. The focal point being that Kong is back and bitches are going to die again. <laughs> Or at least get injured, which sadly enough actually did happen to Rain in the match, which I don't think was actually caused by Kong or necessarily the implant buster. Even though I believe the injury was, or the uh, implant, 
what was the exact injury to Rain again? I want to say an implant actually busted because I do remember before the finish she was holding her chest in pain. Oh, brilliant! So yeah, <laughs> if that's the case and that actually happened, it's what, what the hell were they calling that when it happened at WWE? Um, it never had a name, but I'll think they ever yeah because she only had the one mat- <laughs> the Royal Rumble match. Well, before that, she had a bit before she uh, fell pregnant. Oh, yeah. Well, she would just give him the implant buster. But I don't think they, they never called it. Yeah, it that. wasn't called the implant buster, was it? I can't it wasn't actually it. called anything at all. They never got to her name because she never really got to debut. Yeah. I think that's my reason why. <laughs> you know, for WWE, if they did try and rename it, this is the reason why they shouldn't have tried to rename it because of what she did again. If she if she did bust one of Rain's implants, I think I think this is like Amazing Kong's crusade against natural boobs or something. <laughs> you got an implant, I crush it. <laughs> oh shit, that was really funny. <laughs> the implant crusades of first she actually busted Gail Cam's implant, which oddly enough I think that's why it's called the implant buster. <laughs> But yeah, that's night. Well, not that I would ever know that feeling, considering I would never get fake tits. I'd imagine that would fucking hurt. <laughs> so prayers go out to Rain and best wish to a speedy recovery for her, who's really been uh, something, somebody to watch and shine. One of the top heels there. If men get fake boobs, does that increase their chance of breast cancer? Um, I do not know for sure. I don't think so. I'm not a doctor, and I don't play one on TV or on the radio. Anyway. (laughs) So we either need Steve Williams, Stevie Richards. Our tech guru. I'm trying to think of every other doctor that there's been. Um, Dr. Jerry Graham... Um, Isaac Yank of DDS. Um, he's a Doctor Death. He's yeah, I did that. Steve Williams. Oh, uh, sorry. Oh yeah, I should have thought about that. One. <laughs> um, he's a dentist, a doctor. I don't know. A doctor teeth. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no! Should have John Cena, Doctor of Thugonomics. There we go. The Doctor Thugonomics. <laughs> yeah. God, that's the. But overall, your thoughts on the show? Um, pretty interesting show. Seems like there was a lot more. Like there was a lot I was looking forward to, but there was also a lot that I kind of wish I'd see on the show. Even though it seems like they might be saving up for the January show, and then WrestleCon are probably building more towards that. But oh no, pretty good effort from Shine. Oh yeah, Lenny Leonard and Daphne on commentary was interesting to say the least. Wasn't necessarily bad, but it uh, wasn't good either. Well, it wasn't bad. It's just with me, Daphne. Now, like sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's really annoying, or just kind of. Oh no, not that she's necessarily annoying in general, but I don't know. Just her doing the hosting thing and then her kind of doing the same thing, announcing almost seems like overkill. Although there were some pretty funny moments there. 
Yeah. With Lenny Leonard proven to be well, actually he's not too bad at doing comedy commentary, even though he had Dave Prezak and all his charisma, depending on the promotion. Um, so that's something you'll check out if you get to see it. But not really a gripe or nothing that would dissuade me against the show, even if I wasn't that big of a fan of it, which I don't really hate it. Just eh, at some points I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, but all in all, I'd still say go go out of your way to try to watch this. I, I give yeah. a mild recommendation, but yeah, go and try to see it. Yeah, I think it's still available to watch on archive on the... Uh WWN Live or whatever it is that they use. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I think if there's anything else that needs to be covered. I don't think they've I don't think they've added any other matches for the WrestleCon stuff for Shimmer or anything, have they? No. Um I don't think they probably will until they yeah. might not even do it at all, because quite a lot with the shine stuff. Most of the matches get reported that night. Yeah, like with Shimmer, too. Actually, yeah, both of them, since they are sister promotions, so yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, that's all from Shine, and that's all your reviews for this week, but let's just say, the next few weeks are going to be busy. I mean, before we get into uh, part three, when we talk Chicago and PWG, let's run down December. Oh yeah, December is pretty stacked with like with a lot of big name shows and wrestling in general. WWE and TNA as well, but yeah. So we start this week. We've got PWG's final show and Chikara's final show, which, as I say, we'll be talking about in part three. Then on the ninth, not only have we got TNA, but we've also got, I believe, the double header from. Evolve and CZW. Yes. That weekend. Which, Is it the 8th? Well, I think it's on the 8th. Either way, the weekend of. The okay, the weekend of, right. I'll just do that to kind of cover our ass. Although I'm. It's the night before, thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of those days, God damn it. <laughs> you better go to the first one first, just in case. <laughs> but, yes. Yeah. Which numbers evolve? Um, 16. 16? 18? 18, 19. Oh, we've gone even beyond there. Wow. I believe they're at 18, yeah. And uh, then Cage of Death is obviously CCW's. Cage of Death is pretty stacked. Then Cage the following week, we've got on the same night, which is, well, in the afternoon, you've got Ring of Honor's final battle. December 16th at the. Every 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 place, uh, the same place it's always fucking at, <laughs> the Hammerstein Ballroom. And then not far from there, TLC, I think is happening in New York, isn't it? Mm-hmm, Barclays in Brooklyn. Brooklyn? So, so the New York crowd are going to be happy. wonder if some of them are going to be going to both. Possibly. I would. I mean, with the time difference, it's probably they can, can't, can't they? Well, you get, well, you're getting either, you're going to get a ladder match either way. You have ladder war with Kevin Steen and Elgin. Yeah, yeah, and two ladder match. Well, depend. You might have three ladder matches depending on what they add to the TLZ guy. Yeah, 
Because there's a TLC for sure, and item they always have a ladder match on there. So, yeah, three ladder matches possibly this weekend. See, now there's something which I'm just kind of wondering in my head for TLC now, just whether they're going to have Cena versus Ziggler for the belt. Cena gets the brief uh, for the briefcase, sorry. Cena wins the briefcase, tries to cash it in, and then fails with that as well. Thanks to outside interference. That would be... Mm. I don't think they would do that. I think... Nah. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. But it's just one of those. If that happened, it would kind of. It would kind of really send a message. Unless you're John Cena, you can win the title with the briefcase. Yeah, the road leading up to Royal Rumble, which in itself is leading up to WrestleMania, is getting very interesting. Now that we know The Rock is coming back for sure for the WWE title and. More than likely, or I'll just say it, it's gonna be it's probably it's gonna be CM Punk versus The Rock. Yeah, apparently the guys in uh, Lafayette on Monday were absolutely hyped and stoked by the fact that Rock is gonna be in that same arena in about three months' time for February. I think it's eighteenth, which is the night after Elimination Chamber, which itself is gonna be in New Orleans. Hmm. Oh, yeah, because they were in the Cajun Dome on Monday. Yeah. Which is, of course, Louisiana. So, yeah, The Rock coming back. Ratings get a higher buy rate. He's gone. I don't know. We'll see. All, everybody's wondering it, see, what's going to be the WrestleMania match. Because everybody thinks it because we could see Rock Cena too. Maybe they hold off on CM Punk Rock till Mania. Rock versus I highly Rock doubt too. that. What's that? Rock versus Brock too. Maybe they can bring that in. There's a lot of different options you really have, and which is one thing I, I'd say this maybe for WWE to say with Ring of Honor, they have a lot of promise going into the next year to really turn things around. Not necessarily that things were bad for WWE as a whole, because they're still the WWE more. Yeah, the show wise was terrible to most people's opinions, especially now that the three hours, which Oh no, uh, maybe that will last into the new year. I I wouldn't be surprised if we if two hours comes back soon. So there's that 20th anniversary of Raw is coming up, so that's a big thing to start. That they're probably going to be talking about. I'm surprised they haven't started up ads for that yet. Watch next month; you'll probably be seeing shit for that. Mm, now I'm trying to think. Obviously, as with uh, Japan and Mexico, they've got their shows this weekend. AIW has the end of the world on the 21st. 21st. Wrestling is fun's got a show on the 21st. Yeah, but I think that's not any that's not going to be free this time. It's going to be I think $5. So $5 wrestling is worried. <laughs> uh I think that's everything. Yeah. There's probably some we'll miss, but we'll still go over them if we fail to miss one. Let us know. Or... Oh no, there's the there's the Shane Douglas one. Oh, Extreme Rising. Yeah. Same night as uh, Wrestling is Fun. Mm. I think for the third month running, which is ironic. Yeah, it's weird. 
You want to see Matt Hardy break his neck? Or do you want to see a banana being put on the line? <laughs> it's kind of kind of polarizing, but yeah. Uh, especially if you're not of the ha-ha type, but still. Yeah. Certainly, I... Well, we'll, I'll talk, we'll talk about that when we get to segment three, but yeah. The boss didn't really understand Sh- uh, Shikara. Or didn't understand one of the bits in Shikara anyway, which is... Which is fair because it's not gonna as we've said before, it's not gonna be to everyone's taste. Yeah. But Well, I did explain it and he just didn't at least he understood, yeah. It is kinda of weird seeing it in context because Yeah. What it pretty much is is like, yeah, this bird. Well, we're gonna explain all that. We're gonna explain all that for those who aren't initiated to make sure that it doesn't look like a a crap card. <laughs> to do that probably as an end of year special maybe we're definitely gonna have to probably do a Chikara catch up one of these days yeah it's like <laughs> in essence it's gonna be a previously on Chikara <laughs> yeah. I love hey it. if it's good enough for WWE and TNA it's good enough for us and Chikara's actually done stuff like that not necessarily like before the shows but like before like a big event coming up or some event coming up they'll be like Previously on Jakar, like in that exact voice to, and it shows all the events. I did it for the uh, one of the matter. Uh, we'll stop talking Jakara because we'll get to that when we get after this uh, commercial break that we've got lined up. So yeah, picks for Jakara's under the hood. I pay per view for this Sunday, and also uh, we'll give our thoughts on the big match from PWG's last show. Don't know what it's called off the top of my head for this Saturday so with that we will see you in a few minutes guys Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I want, okay, I want, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent Scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Keith. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, wrestling fans. 
Do you want a break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Are you a TNA Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a show that talks about TNA Wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA Wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? On the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. JJ His charm is so contagious. Vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... J.J. The most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library. And it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. still here for the final part of the whole indie show with Randy and Ashley and 
Yeah, before we jump into the big Shakara stuff, in case you're wondering what that music was, that's the music from the trail that they've done on YouTube for the card, Shikara. We'll quickly cover PWG's event this weekend and confirm, well, also set to appear on the show are El Generico, Brian Cage, Sammy Callahan, the Super Smash Brothers, Roderick Strong, Eddie Edwards, Rich Swan, Drake Younger, the Young Bucks, Willie Mack, Jerry Ryan, and more. But the only match that's currently set is arguably the biggest match for PWG possibly this year. I don't know. Was was this year when they had the ladder match between um the which ladder match the uh, last year at Steenwolf. Which okay. I still yet to see that match. I need to see that one. I heard it was good too. Yeah, well, the, the, well, just for the fact yeah. that the ceiling got pulled down. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not Botchamania. <laughs> but, yeah, the PWG world title is on the line with Kevin Steen set to be taking on the winner of the Battle of Los Angeles, Adam Cole. Adam Cole, baby! So, technically, this is Ring of, this is like Ring of Honor champion versus champion. Yeah, in PWG. Yes. Him as champion versus champion, pretty much. Or, it, in Ring of Honor, it's always been kind of angling that Adam Cole should get a chance at the, the, uh, the, at the world title. He had... Uh, he's kind of in that... He hasn't really done much yet, which I think that might wait till he gets the TV title. Or, or he gets the TV title. He already has it until he drops the TV title. Because possibly Jay Lethal's in line. I'd say Jay Lethal's probably the closest in line right now. For the Ring of Honor, yeah. And I'd say Jay Lethal's. Considering he's Adam Cole. And so in this case, Adam Cole's position as Survival of the Fittest winner. Although I, don't whether, I, don't know whether, I don't know if the Ring of Honor people are going to use this PWG one as possibly influencing whether, one, they can have a good match together, and two, whether Adam Cole is championship material for Ring of Honor if he did go over against Dean. Yeah. Well, here's the interesting thing with this, when I'm, and I'm looking back at the past tournament winners also to help prove what my point will be. Out of all the winners that have won the event, with there being the first one being at 2005, and um, oh, there we go. Uh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, 2005, Chris Bosch winning, 2006, Davey Richards won, 2007, Shima won, 2008, Loki won, 09, Omega won, 10, Joey Ryan won, 11, El Generico won, and 12, Adam Cole won. Just to paint this picture for you, with the exception of Shima and Bosch. And at this point, Cole, all the rest of them would either become PWG World Champion right afterwards, wait about four years till he would win it, and Davey Richards' case, win it at the event, which Loki and Kenny Omega did. Joey Ryan, who had already won it in 2010, El Generico, who had already been champ, won it later, Becca Steenwolf. And pretty, yeah, the last person to have not won the world title like right away after winning Battle Los Angeles was Joey Ryan. So odds are that Cole is pretty much, I don't want to say he's pretty much the champion right now, 
But I, he's my pick, though, because I see... He's got one hand on the title. Yeah, he's yeah he's got one hand on the title, literally. See, I can see, because how long has Steam been champ there? For a what? He held it since World's Finest, and that was back in March, April, I believe. He's held it for a few months now. Oh, so he had he got it about the same time he got it in Ring of Honor. Yes. Well, yeah, he won like a lot of titles at the same time. A lot of people kind of tend to do that if you notice. Like uh, Claudio did that. Like he had the ROH tag title, the PWG World Championship, the Campeones de Parejas from Chikara, and also the GCW Tag Team Champs, the Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Which that's weird that I bring them up. Normally that we but don't. Did he get res- did he get disrespected by Tracy Smothers? I don't know. That is yet to be seen. I don't know. I, I saw actually I saw some of the match. They beat oddly enough the Chris brothers to win the titles, who are known in JCW as the Ring Riders. Or that was I don't know if they still have that gimmick now, but that was one they had where they were in mask. For those of you wondering why I brought up Tracy Smothers, check the Wrestling Is YouTube page. Which is the official YouTube page of Wrestling Is Fun. Apparently on there they have special Botcher, Matthew from Botchamania clips. Oh yeah, because they have the 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 whole deal. Just watch a Botchmania commercial and you know <laughs> where that comes from. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to bring up the fact that uh, Mickey Knuckles had the European title again. Hmm. Again. Again. I don't, know I, I don't know if I brought it up in a conversation either off air or on a podcast or something. I can't remember. It's been, it's been a week. It's been a busy week for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna say Adam Cole probably wins as well because I'd like to see a changing of the guard. And I, I'll know. I think I think Steen is going to probably hold on at Ring of Honor at the minute. Possibly. Although he does, I know he really likes working PWG probably a lot more than ROH, although, I don't know, maybe he, he'll he take a sabbatical like he had it, because for a while, I think in, when was it, 2010? Yeah, 2010, or like around 09, 08, 09, 10, he was, wasn't showing up as much. He was more in Ring of Honor. So, yeah, that's PWG's card. Now we get to the, I guess, in relatively in-depth look at Chikara's Under the Hood iPay-Per-View. Yes. Which I know I should be seeing. I think Randy's probably raving or something. Yeah. I'm going to try to see it. Oh, okay, now that I'm looking at that five, yeah. Because I remember I saw said guy with a bald head recently or on his Facebook. So, yeah, that's definitely him. <laughs> but you'll find out who him is when we go on, as we're going on into this that we're in right and now. And now we're not talking Tim Donst. Although he has a cut like Tim Johnst now. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start off with Dasher Hatfield versus Icarus. That's the first match set, which arguably... Has to de- develop from both wrestling is fun and Cibernetico Roses. Yeah, literally the, I believe the most recently added 
match to the card, the last match that has been added as of now, and possibly on the card, maybe... Oh, no, there'll probably be a pre-show match, maybe. Um, there probably, there probably will be, but... Oh, no, what they're doing the Saturday, so for you guys listening, on smvod.com, they're doing a free preview-a-go-go, as they're calling it. Oh, yeah, I've seen... Uh, they did that on Ustream for King of Trios and I believe Chikarosaurus Rex. And um, I think High Noon also, yeah, any big show. They've done these free previews. And it's interesting except, now. Except that this time it's going to be on a streaming service that works. Sorry, Ustream. <laughs> but... I was going to say that not exactly the joke you made. Actually, I wasn't going to joke on it at all, but. It's better that you said it now. <laughs> SNS has been burned too many times by Ustream. So I guess I gotta say fuck Ustream too. Oh wait, I just said it. Either way, more. I was fuck- gonna say Argo, fuck yourself, but I don't know whether any enough people in America have seen the film Argo. Probably not. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much the same finish that happened in Wrestling is Fun show. Happened the next night at Seven Echo Rises. I think it was Dasha Hatfield beating Icarus, and then Icarus wasn't happy, so he pedigreed Dasha anyway. Yeah. So with the way it's angled, I'd probably say Dasha wins. Mm, yeah, I was thinking maybe Icarus, but I don't think this feud's really gonna last long, or it might just be just a. Well, that oh, I just thought about that. Who is Icarus been aligned with recently? Dunkerton. Yes. I see him oh, playing factor. The throwbacks. I just thought about that right as we were doing. I was like, wait. Okay, that might make a bit more sense now. The throwbacks. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Dasher. Yeah. Next up, the. Uh... The one they're billing is the locker room is divided. Which oh, is... Yeah, well, this is divided in more ways than one because you've got Mike Quackenbush and the Colony which have, and versus the Gekido. Which, of course, they're all mixed up. Because yeah. the Gekido is basically Jigsaw in the Swarm. Except... Um, yeah, Quackenbush... Is going to be teaming with Fire Ant, Green Ant, and Assailant, who basically isn't liked by Quackenbush. Taking on Jigsaw, who turned heel on Quack because of Quack's crazy attitude over the last few months with regards to the Gekido. And the, the basically the... The swarm is comprising of the shard, probably filling in for the injured combatant. Or, well, I think he might be out of fucking action. Yeah, they're pretty much out. Him yeah. in 17. Or they make a return. But yeah, ant. A- and soldier ant, who should be part of the colony. Yeah, so what a tangled web we weave here with all eight of these... All eight of these people intertwining in some way. Of course, with the exception of Fire Ant, all seven of these people are in the Tin Man tag back at Chikarsaurus Rex, which led to uh, Seventeen getting his wrist broken afterwards at that, too. Now, this... I smell a turn coming. 
I don't know honestly who, but there's so much division between all the people involved that you see somebody switching sides. Well, somebody that seems to have already switched sides is a sailor. Yeah, and Jigsaw on there, so... I'm just it's, wondering if Soldier Ant is actually... So he, the con is now going to be four guys. That's what I'm wondering, too. How is Soldier Ant going to react? Because he's strongly been opposed to the Gekido while Fire Ant and Green Man are starting to warm up to Salient, who's actually done a decent effort trying to One get, thing I'm wondering as well... Oh, go ahead. Uh, how Salient's done, like... He's tried his hardest to be a fan, even though nobody's really buying it, considering not too long ago he did try to destroy <laughs> yeah. Chikar. But he's slowly kind of gaining his trust back by really just being the Technica, which is interesting because even with all the vile stuff he's at, he's at possibly the most mature, so to say, out of everybody that's been involved in this. Quack was trying to injure people left and right, although with some, uh, with some cause to do that, especially to 17 have Jigsaw turning heel. Soldier Ant doesn't want anything to do with them at all. Uh, Fire and, and Green Ant don't want to do Assailant. I think Quackenbush might be thinking whether to tag Assailant or break his hand. So, yeah. I'm, and in this case, I am going to go with the Rudo side here. I'm going to say the Gekido. We find yeah, that way, something's going to be revealed. Definitely. The way I'm going to see it is Gekido win, probably Jigsaw taking out Quackenbush or something to get the win. And then super kicks both Shard and Deviant. Possibly. It could be. Because he's only doing it. He's like the campaign for sanity in the Shikara zone. Yeah. You think he's, uh, he's just being a mole or it's just a ruse to try to set them up? Well, no, he's going to be his own man. He uh, doesn't agree with what Quackenbush is doing. But also, he doesn't agree with the Gekido basically trying to bring Shikara to his knees. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. That style of thing. Although the way that he kind of, they teased it in the video on the event center, because you clearly saw him trying to have a private word with uh, the Shard in the locker room. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I think Gekido will probably win. Although, what will happen from it, who knows. This one I can kind of predict what will happen, though. The Young Lions Cup. ACH taking on the defending champion, Mr. Touchdown. And all I have to say for this is Mysterious and Handsome Stranger. That is all. <laughs> Mm, I was just going to say, I think ACH is going to win either way, just because he's ACH, but I'll go with that too. Mysterious Enhancer Stranger Alert, be on the lookout for that. Well, hell, they might have, as I said last week, they might have ruined it in their own trail. They might have. Even if it wasn't already kind of obvious, but... um, What I'm thinking that might lead to is actually... Well, no, what actually might happen is... What I'm thinking now, possibly touchdown wins. And then they announce the homecoming king and queen. 
Oh, uh, the homecoming queen will be Veronica, and the homecoming and the king will be the mysterious, mysterious and handsome Sanger. Um, I honestly probably do see that happening. Or it could be touchdown loses everything. Possibly. He's either going to lose one or the. He's either going to lose the girl and or the cup. Yeah, that's. That, yeah, more than. Pretty much that's going to happen in some way. I highly doubt he leaves with both. Or at least in the same state. I'm also just wondering if there's going to be, as an additional match, if they do have one. Actually, what I was thinking was. Touchdown wins, but then Stranger challenges him to a match. Um, I'm wondering that too, also. Because it almost seems like how they would reveal it is that he wins the cup and you find out it's Peck. Or, well. Well, the way you could do it is. Basically, he becomes homecoming king. Touchdown's livid, and then he goes, Alright, um... I, you know, I lost it too much since you killed my sweet sapphire and all that. Yeah. So, I'm willing to do this. I'll put my... I'll put my date with Veronica as... I'll put my title as homecoming king with Veronica on the line. As long as you put the cup on the line, winner takes all. And yeah. that's how Touchdown loses everything. I almost want to side that way. I'm going to still stick with ACH because I... Eh, I don't know. Are they going to... It seems like the the Young Lions Cup would be the McGoffin and the feud friends with City and Stranger. But I'm going to still go with ACH, but... I wouldn't be surprised if what you say does go down. Yeah. For those of you wondering, Mysterious Stranger and Archibald Peck, uh, quick recap. The throwbacks was Archibald Peck and Dasher Hatfield. Then the cousin of Dasher, touchdown, Mark Allen. No, 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 it was Sugar Dunkerton and... um, What was I going to say? Sugar Dunkerton and Dasher Hatfield were the throwbacks. Well, it wasn't... uh, wasn't Oh, no, Archibald never had anything. It was just him and Veronica. Oh, okay. Yeah, they never had anything to do with that till. Like they did do. I know they did like a joke. I think with Hatfield giving him a wedgie in one thing as a jock and the nerd, but then they would have touchdown later. Okay, yeah, so basically, Archie was on his own. Touchdown became part of the throwbacks. To, uh, um, here's the best way. Okay, Archie. Archie loses at high noon against um, Colt Cabana. And from here on out, would go to, on to a losing streak up until I think he became Miss Marshall Archie or something like that. He'd gone on losing streak for a while. This would piss Veronica off. Veronica was sued fine eyes for Mr. Touchdown. That would lead to what hat. And so for Archibald Peck to try to gain back Veronica, he became Miss Marshall Archie to try to gain her back. Really didn't work. Then you go to Chikarasaurus Rex, and him and Cabana team up, oddly enough, even though they were just fighting each other in the last pay-per-view, teaming up against the throwbacks. Throwbacks win with uh, touch, uh, uh, Mr. Touchdown hitting him with the helmet. Touchdown and Veronica make out in front of Archie. Archie detected, runs off, or not runs off, just walks away. 
and then he's just walking all around the U.S. and Canada, <laughs> as you saw in many... Well, it was supposed to be the stipulation that whoever lost would leave yeah. the company. Which also gained the throwbacks three points as well with that win. Yeah. Which they would um, get the belts with, but... Then, pretty soon after he disappeared, Mysterious, Mysterious and Handsome Stranger appeared. Destroying Seth of his rocking horse. <laughs> oh, yes. And then the video that uh, was posted on Saturday with, uh, of course, um, uh, Mysterious Sanson Stranger had his feral pigeon sapphire. Brr. Okay, I did. I can't do the hey. bird. It's wrong, but that's how you. That's ah. how you say it. Or you could probably say it better. But nonetheless, I'm, I'm just saying Peck because that's what I remember from the. Oh uh, yeah. But yeah, if you ever see the mysterious, when he always mentions sapphire, he's like, oh, God damn it, I can't do the bird noise right. Oh, Watch, done recording, oh. I can do bird noise. There you go, sapphire, and then oh. <laughs> bird sound. Anyway, aside from my shitty... apparently, Randy's making it sound like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I know it did sound like a fucking horse. <laughs> Nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, we we. I tried to explain that because some people may not be aware. So yeah. there we go. This one's pretty much e- it's easy to explain. The the number one contenders match, as it pretty much is for the Campeones de Parejas. It's three Scott Parker and Shane Matthews taking on two of the go- well the main guys from Fist, Johnny Gargano and Chuck Taylor. The former Campeones de Parejas from Fist. Yes, well, both oh. are. Yeah. Even though Icarus defended it. Oh, yeah, both of them, too. Forgot the whole... The way it works for people that aren't aware, in order to challenge for the Campeones, you have to have three points, and basically you get three straight victories without a loss. Both of these teams are on two. Yeah. But it has to be a tag... Or you to not like as a trio or a four-way... You can have a four-way tag where there's eight people... Which there usually happens, and then you points are in play. Where if you pin them, get a point. But for any yeah tag victory, any two man tag victory, you gain a point for whatever match it is or whatever stipulation. Hence, like when we mentioned in King of Trios with the uh, tag gauntlet battle royal, mostly somebody ends up with three points. Well, in this case, the three points would end up getting won later by the team who won it and we'll talk to them we'll talk about them later in title defense but now we're talking about the number one contender shot uh, I want it's very because the feud you have one it's one to one also from them because they both traded title victories in 2012 3.0 beating oh, yeah yeah the trade that's second guess myself. Yeah, trading title, trading the title back in 2012, with Fist originally having it in the year 3.0, winning it from him. Fist winning it back a month later, and then Young Bucks winning it. Who are your current champs now? So I'm almost thinking they're going to do a rematch. Even though I'd kind of like to see 3.0 and who I think will win in the tag match. So, and that kind of spoiled it already. So I'll say Fist. I think it will be 3.0 that actually go over because, it, well, e- either way, whatever happens in the in the other match that we'll get onto, I think it will be angling towards 3.0 getting the belt, probably. I was thinking that, too, but I was thinking 
what uh, the implications of at least one of the team uh, a fist one and champions retaining would be. The I just see something like Sugar Dunkins and costing first on purpose. I can see that, but I think, like we mentioned before, I think it's going to happen in their Icarus match if he does show yeah. up. It'd make more sense for it to happen there. But, I don't know, I could still see three-point, but officially I'll say fist for this, even though I yeah. kind of I was thinking three-point oh. This is one we're going to disagree on because it pretty much is, it's that close as to who actually could go over. It's yeah. probably fair that we both pick differently, actually. Yeah. Uh, next, next up, the one of the other big stories: the ten-man tag with the Batiri taking on Spectral Envoy. Now, this starts back from I think, well, years and years ago with the BTK. Yeah, this this whole thing goes back. Other than the addition of the newest competitor in this match, uh, and he wasn't really involved in the main kind of feud going on. This has been going on for about three years, or the whole stint of this. This pretty much stems from, actually in a way we kind of can go to the beginning, but we'll go to the beginning quick. Okay, in the beginning you had a tag team called, or trio called the Night Shift, which was Hallowicked, Ichabod Slain, who would later become Icarus and Blind Rage. Icarus would later lead the group Blind Rage and Ichabod Slain would have a mass versus hair match, which Ichabod Slain would lose. And then, as I said, he became Icarus from there. So don't worry about him for the rest of this. Anyway, Night Shift continues on. And then they are later joined by Ultramantis, who was aiding them, uh, um, who or would secretly aid them, or I think was the whole thing. Was that? But that trio didn't really last as Blind Rage, I think, retired that same show that... The same show, or one of the shows not too long after when uh, Ultramantis Black joined up with Hollow Wicked to form the Dark Breed. And then Blind Rage would kind of make appearances later on as um, in the Order of the Neo Solar Temple, which would be formed after Ultramantis was out of injury. And then Hollow Wicked would turn Technico and team with Delirious and form Incoherence, who at the time were the longest reigning Campeones de Parejas when they did win up until they were beaten by the Super Smash Brothers, who would lose it a month later to an upstart team at the time known as the Osirian Portal, which you've probably heard of them by now. Either way, Incoherence goes as a team. Frightmare ends up coming in late in 08, and then Ultramantis gets his revenge on Hallowicked for leaving him by putting Delirious in a trance with the Eye of Tear, causing him to join the Order of the Osolar Temple, which Crossbones would also be in. Uh, of course, that uh, who's also helped out the Spectre Envoy recently. So, Delirious is part of the Neo Solar Temple. Then the BDK stuff happens. Ares takes him over with Ultramantis Black heating the curse of the Ayatir, which it would cause great harm to those who had it, which pretty much destroyed his Neo Solar Temple. Delirious ended up sending crossbones into the ring post, which would break his collarbone, which was why he was gone. And the main reason why he shoved Delirious into the post, being pretty much poetic justice for taking him out of action um delirious would later be released from the bdk spell but then Hollowick and ultramantis thought that delirious would join them since they freed him since ultramantis by making up for the wrong he committed to his now friend hollow wicked um because they teamed back up during the whole bdk thing um they thought delirious would come back to him too bad delirious was pretty pissed off at the fact <laughs> mm. 
Ultramantis Black put him under that spell, uh, which would lead to Delirious actually talking in Takara, which, yes, we actually mean him talking, speaking actual words. Well, not that he did say actual words, actually. Very Half of them were German. Possibly. I, were they? I would have to figure it out. I don't think he did. He didn't do German promos for BDK or anything in German, really, for him. He was just, like, in a more zoned-out state than he usually is as their pet. So, nonetheless, Delirious then starts to form a dark army to get back at Ultramantis, with this feud apparently going to last till 2014, which they really haven't brought that up so much, probably because you can't necessarily... He's been prophesizing it in the blogs quite a bit. Oh, he still mentions it? Okay, so it's still... Not the current blog that just came out, but the one before that he did... To what, you know, before King of Trios, he did mention 2014 is the end. Okay, so they're still somewhat bringing it up. They'll probably get brought back because it is Shikari. Either way, Delirious forms a dark army with the material Ophidian, Kodama, and Cobalt, and then Ophidian as like the commander. Since Delirious really only shows up every once in a while, mostly because of his other job, wink, wink, or I imagine it's. Don't say wink. Oh. <laughs> God damn it. But that would have been funnier if I did play it for the joke. <laughs> Delirious is back to wrestle. Uh, five man tag. And of course, all the guys I mentioned from the Spectron Boy. Blind Rage making his turn after, I believe, six years. That's what I was mentioning as the bald. Hair now, of course, had a lot of hair back then. Not so much now. And, uh, well, Spectron Boy versus Delirious Sofini and the Batiri. Hallowicked. Frightmare. Ultramantis Black. Crossbones of Blind Rage taking on Delirious's Dark Army. As long-winded as that was, that gives you a kind of good yeah. for that. Now, to make this short, my prediction, um, I'm going to say to keep this thing going, you have Delirious Ophidian Batiri get the win. I think Envoy will win, but something's going to happen afterwards. Yeah. Because Ophidian's blog has been teasing unmasking. It would be interesting to see him unmask, although I... Then again, who says who's going to be unmasked? True. I don't... Is Ophidian going to unmask himself? Or is he going to try and unmask one of the envoy? Um, is he going to try and unmask Ultramantis? Is this part of the downward spiral that they want to send Ultramantis in for everything that he's done over the past umpteen years? I can see that happening. I remember the only person I've seen really mess with Ultramantis's mask, or at least recent times I remember, was... um, um What's his name? Um... God damn it. Uh, 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 Sin Bodhi, because Arnie, when he was aligned with the Bateria at the time. Mm. And that didn't turn out well because he's not in Shikar anymore. <laughs> and they're with Delirious now, so there's that. But Again, yeah, it's an interesting combo. Being unmasked. Uh, quickly went over the next, the last couple of matches. The Campeones de Parade has to out a free falls match, as all Campeones de Parade's matches are. The Young Bucks defending their titles against one, two, freaking, and Marty Janetti. And 
if the Young Bucks were still in Ring of Honor, I would have said they would lose the titles, but I'm just thinking that they're going to keep them and then probably drop the titles at the big WrestleCon show. Yeah. Even if they were in Ring of Honor, they'd still probably be in Chicago because they were barely showing up even when they came. <laughs> well, then again, that all-night express feud. Nowhere past even. But nonetheless, I'm going to say the Young Bucks either way. Although it would be nice to see Kid and Jannetty. There, I don't really see anything leading towards it other than ju- them just completing that story of them getting it. Yeah. Although if they did win, mm, yeah, I'm gonna say Young Bucks. Regardless, I don't think I see Kid and Janetti winning. And then main event: the Chicago Grand Championship on the line. Eddie Kingston defending against Tim Donst, which is really come down to the fact that Tim Donst lost. In a hair versus mask match to Hello Wicked. Ever since then, he's basically been obsessed with Hello Wicked. Until he suddenly turned his attention to Eddie Kingston. Kind of being the... Kind of targeting him because he's the role model for the company, I guess. So... It's led to Donst basically cutting a heel promo at King of Trios. And then beating him to be the winner of the Cibernetico match, the last show that they had. And I think I think that's really all. Kingston's not done a lot and not had a lot to say about it. I think, but yeah. I'm actually gonna say they're not Eddie Kingston is not gonna do a CM Punk. And I think Donst is going to get the title. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you too. I think Donst is going to walk out of uh, Under the Hood with the title. We will have two season finales in a row with actually three season finales in a row, counting the tag titles changing in 2010 of the. Well, I'm somehow thinking Jakob will be involved. Jakob Hammermeyer as well. Who's happening? Which I was wondering, will he finally like get back at Tim Dons for treating him like shit? Yeah, that's what... That's what I'm wondering, but I think it leads more to Dons getting that title. What I think it might be is Dons gets the title... And then Jakob still sees no respect from Donst, and Donst loses it to somebody at WrestleCon. Yeah. Whether it's Kingston, whether it's somebody else, but I just think that it's going to be that sort of thing. Yeah, I see. I kind of see Hammermeyer costing him, but I don't know if it's going to happen in the long term or in the definite short term being this Saturday, but. Yeah. I'd still say Dons. Kingston, yeah, this would be, yeah, Kingston already held it over a year now. Uh huh. So, I'll quickly go through Sandro's picks. He has Icarus going over Dasha Hatfield, Gekado beating Quack and the Colony, ACH winning the Young Lions Cup, Fist becoming the number one contenders for the titles, Spectral Envoy winning the 10 man tag, Kid and Janetti being campaigners they probably has getting the belts for Young Bucks, 
and Donks getting the belt off Kingston for the Grand Championship. So there's Sandro, Sandro's picks as well as both our picks. We'll have to see how right we were next week because I'm certainly more than likely going to be watching it live. And yeah, with that, I think that's all for this week's show. Make sure you catch all the other shows on the network. You've got Wrestling News live every Tuesday at 9 Eastern. You've got Running the Ropes at 4 p.m. Eastern uh, on a Thursday. Then at 10.30 Eastern on the Thursday as well, you've got TNA Chat live with the Bronx Father. Then Friday, the Open Book with myself and Sean at 11 p.m. Eastern. And then podcasts, what have we got, Randy? Well, we got a couple podcasts here that you can check out. You can check out Beyond the Bell, hosted by Sean Beckerman. This time they're chronicling the Stone Cold Chronicles, so something to check out here. Maybe get a little stunning, and then he becomes a superstar, and then he becomes the same ass-kicking SOB that we all ass kicking beer drinking SLB that we all know and love so see the rise of stone cold where 1992 this would have been yeah w this would have been uswa wcw period aka austin with hair <laughs> and stunning uh you can also check out the hard way hosted by um danny and adam so check that show out too and you have the elite force podcast midweek and weekend edition hosted by walkie mind wipe and the rest of the crew and of course you can check out this fine podcast you're listening to because we need the downloads well actually all the shows need the downloads but we want your <laughs> so Although if you that... pick hello for us we can't really get mad since they are the flagship <laughs> so, so <laughs> right, we With do have Randy, what song of the night? Song of the night is a song that I really like. A song that I might actually get the chorus to this tatted on me because I like the lyrics to it a lot. Sucks that this band is broken up. A lot of you Canadian post-hardcore fans might know this band. This band is Alexis on Fire, and this song is called This Could Be Anywhere in the World. So with that, that was Randy. This was Ashley. And all of that was your weekly slice of indie goodness. We'll catch you next week. Night, people. Bye.
I regret nothing. 